To the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. All right, gang, and here we are once again. I am pleased to welcome you back here with me to the Lions of Liberty podcast. It's been a pretty good run we've had here so far in our first 40-some-odd episodes. Have a ton of great guests on the show. You can, of course, head over to the archive to check them all out over at lionsofliberty.com slash podcast. You can go and see our past episodes where we've talked to people, prominent individuals in the libertarian movement, like Dr. Walter Block, like Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. the Demon Kane on WWE Programming. Another pro wrestler, R.J. Brewer, had a great talk with him about immigration, had a great discussion with Ben Swan, investigative journalist, fed political insider Roger Stone on to discuss his theories about the JFK assassination. We've had a ton of great guests, something for everybody, whether you're a hardcore libertarian or you just stumbled upon this thing and you don't know how the hell you got here, but here you are listening to me rant about it. Either way, I encourage you to go back And check out my guests. I've always prided myself on the great variety of guests that I've been able to bring on the show here. But I think at this point, it's time to go back to the well. Just a little bit. Just a squitch. And with good reason, because this week one of our very own contributors at Lions of Liberty is coming back on the show to discuss his new book called Set Money Free. Set Money Free. You know, when Ron Paul was running for office, a fun little chant started to develop whenever he would mention the Federal Reserve or bring up monetary policy. And that chant was, and the Fed, and the Fed, and the Fed. And hey, it's fun to chant. Don't get me wrong. But what does it really tell us? It just tells us that we don't want this one institution. It doesn't necessarily explain anything in further detail. You know, it's one thing to simply advocate the elimination of something, but we also need to provide a positive vision of what happens next, where to go from there. And while End the Fed is a fun chant, I enjoy doing it, don't get me wrong, it doesn't provide us a positive direction, a positive action to take. So I'm hoping that we can soon start a new chant and sing a new little ditty where we call to set money free. Set money free. Set money free. Set money free. Come on, you'll sing along with me. If not now, by the end of the show, we're going to have you guys doing it. And here with me to discuss just why we need to set money free is my guest today. He is a writer for EconomicPolicyJournal.com, for the Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity, as well as at our own website, LionsOfLiberty.com. He is also the executive producer of The Robert Wenzel Show and the author of a new book called, as we mentioned, Set Money Free, What Every American Needs to Know About the Federal Reserve. Chris Rossini, welcome back to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Great to be back with you, Mark. Thanks for having me on again. Well, sure thing, Chris. And, you know, it's not often I get to say welcome back, as you're one of the very few guests who have had the honor of making a second appearance on this show. So congratulations are, of course, in order to you for that. Thank you, Mark. 
And you know, if you guys want to get a full background on how Chris first became interested in the ideas of liberty, how he ended up writing for all these great liberty-oriented organizations, go ahead and check out our first interview with Chris back in episode 8. You can, of course, find all our past episodes at lionsofliberty.com slash podcast. Now, Chris, here you are. You know, you've finally taken this writing thing to another level. You've been doing it for a few years, writing for a few great websites out there. And you know, you finally decided to go ahead and write a book. So why did you decide to write a book specifically focusing on money and on the Federal Reserve System? Well, the Federal Reserve specifically, because it's an issue that has always captivated me. The way I look at the Fed is it's basically the funder of all of the government problems that are surrounding us today. Many of us have a problem with this part of government, that part of government, the military empire, the welfare state. And those are actually the result of having a printing press at its disposal. That's why it became so large, because the Fed funds all of the problems that we see around us. And who exactly is the target audience for your book? Who are you aiming this at? The uh, target audience for this book is actually the layperson. There are plenty of scholarly articles about the Federal Reserve. There are monumental works by one of our favorites, Murray Rothbard, has written an extensive history of banking in the United States from its inception to modern times. But I wanted to appeal to the average person who may have heard from Ron Paul during his campaigns about the Federal Reserve and were intrigued by it and perhaps want to learn more about it. So I've taken what can be a very intimidating topic and did my best to break it down for the average person to understand and comprehend. And you mentioned Ron Paul there, and of course, he is a guy who, in our modern libertarian movement, first brought the issue of the Federal Reserve to light, bringing it up in the GOP debates back in uh, 2007, 2008. And before that, you really never heard the Federal Reserve discussed in any serious way. I don't even think it was mentioned to me in grade school, in high school, uh, maybe a little bit in college econ. But even at that point, it's never questioned. It's really just presented as this is how it is. And, and you know, we're not going to look into things any deeper than that. But, you know, something really cool that I found out opening your book, you actually got Ron Paul to write a forward for your book. Can you just take a second to tell everybody how that came about? Sure, yes. Actually, because I'm the producer of the Robert Wenzel Show, we had Daniel McAdams on, and you also had him on recently too, Mark. He's a great guy. We developed a very good friendship, and I became a contributor slash columnist at the Ron Paul Institute. Last year, I also had the pleasure of meeting both Daniel and Ron Paul at LPAC in Washington, D.C., and our relationship just flourished. I helped Daniel out on various projects. I approached Daniel and told him that my goal is to write a book about the Federal Reserve, which is a topic that Ron Paul hammered away on constantly and still does to this day. But I wanted to make it merit Ron Paul's endorsement and for him to write a foreword for it. Fortunately, that goal was accomplished, and I'm very grateful he wrote a fantastic foreword. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, Ron Paul even wrote his own book on the Federal Reserve called End the Fed, so he's certainly, you know, a guy with a little bit of clout there. So, Chris, what are some of the key concepts that you really hope to get across through the writing of this book? I started the book discussing the nature of money, how it came to be, its role in our lives, which is very important, obviously. And... To many people's surprise, I'm sure many will be surprised, 
that they'll find out that money is not a domain of government. Government came after the formation of money. Now, if you were to take out a dollar bill today from any country around the world, you would notice government with all its imprintings and, and signatures, and it's, it's like a big advertisement for the government. But government hijacked money after the fact. They didn't create money. It would be more than plausible for somebody to think to themselves, well, government creates money. This is their domain. It's because of them that we have money. And that's not really the case. It's not the case at all. There have been many, many different forms of money that have started out as commodities. And through the competitive marketplace, some commodities became more popular for uses as money. The most popular for thousands of years has been gold and silver. I describe in the book why gold and silver have been chosen by people all over the world why they're such an attractive money, even to this day, even though we're shuffling around pieces of paper and electronic digits, there are plenty of people all over the world that know that the real money still exists in the commodity form in gold and silver, and they trade in the markets as money, and not as commodities, in my opinion. Another main focus of the book is on banking, how free market banks are supposed to operate versus the fractional reserve banks that we live under today, that we just think are there, and this is how it always has been and always will be. It's not the case at all. Fractional reserve banking is a fraudulent form of banking. I describe why banks found it in their interest to move away from sound money and sound banking into fractional reserve banking. It was a long, long process. In fact, the Federal Reserve is not the United States' first central bank. Many people may be surprised to hear that. It's actually could be considered a third or fourth. There were many attempts at creating a central bank that goes all the way back to this country's founding. And uh, central banks that were eventually knocked down by people like Thomas Jefferson and Andrew Jackson. The Federal Reserve just happens to be the bank that stuck and the one that you know is still with us today after 100 years. In order for that to happen, a lot of minds had to be changed and a lot of ideas had to be accepted, both about government and banking, in order for such a massive change to take place. And I discussed the major idea shifts that took place since the country's founding until the Federal Reserve was created. So I, I believe that there's a lot of good stuff here that you won't find anywhere else. You definitely will not find it in school, as you mentioned. Definitely not. Yeah, it's uh, what we learn in school. If you hear anything about the Federal Reserve is that it, you know, quote unquote, manages the economy and the currency. And it'll, it's probably painted in some kind of positive light, if it's even talked about at all. But that's still the case today in the media. They still treat the Fed and their chairman as these messiahs who have this some kind of magical ability to run the economy, which clearly they do not. Chris, one thing I really like about your approach in this book is that, you know, you really try to take a look at, at the moral issue here with having this central bank, this Federal Reserve System essentially imposed upon all of us. And so, you know, of course, that's something we try to focus on here at Lions of Liberty all the time is the morals, the principle, the philosophy behind things. So can you describe a little more when you talk about you use the term moral hazard? So why is the existence of this Federal Reserve System? Why is it a moral hazard? Well, for the bank specifically, especially after 2008, 
we know that the banks will be bailed out whenever there's a financial crisis. And that was definitely not the last financial crisis. There will be more. It's baked into the system. It's unavoidable. But moral hazard gives the banks basically a blank check to make whatever risky bets and loans that they want. And for the loans, the loans and bets that turn out to be profitable, the banks earn their profit. However, if they loan to a foreign government and the foreign government goes bankrupt, then they have a call on the Federal Reserve who can just print up money and bail out the banks. And whenever the Federal Reserve does that, they depreciate the money that's in your pocket and in my pocket and in our neighbor's pocket and everybody's pocket around us to bail out the banks. And they've bailed out corporations, foreign governments, foreign banks. They could bail out whoever they want. They have a printing press to create the money. It comes at a cost to do so, but they're willing to roll the dice and uh, with our lives and our economic livelihoods to, um, to bail their, their buddies out. And that creates a moral hazard for the banks in general, specifically, because they're basically untouchable. If they're profitable, they win. If they're not profitable, they win at the rest of our expense. What would you say to the objection, which I'm sure you've heard before when people say, well, like, yeah, you know, inflation happens. The, the Federal Reserve does print money, but, you know, we need them around here because if not, you know, some of these major banks, when they fail and go under, they're going to drag so many innocent people down with them. They're going to, you know, make companies go bankrupt, make people lose their jobs, people lose the value of their 401ks and all that stuff. So, and a lot of people will say, you know, yeah, it's not a perfect system. Sure, we lose some value with inflation, but if we didn't have that, it would be total chaos and you would have just have all sorts of crises like we had before the Federal Reserve System. So what's your response to that general objection? Well, with the system as it is now, everyone is tied together, basically like a bunch of dominoes, and that's why they're so scared of it falling. However, it's unsustainable Fiat money and, and central banks, that, you know, they ultimately meet their demise. The sooner that that happens, the better for all of us. Under a free market capitalist system, there's nothing wrong with businesses going under, with bankruptcies. That's part of life. Otherwise, life would stagnate. Consumer desires change. Our interests change. How resources should be allocated changes constantly. So there's no reason to think that uh, some institutions must be forever. If you're able to profitably satisfy your customers for hundreds of years or, or even longer, a thousand years, then that's all for the better. But the moment that you become a wasteful corporation, and America is loaded with them now, uh, many of the banks are as well. They're just surviving on the bailouts that have been handed to them. Then you shouldn't. You're, you're now wasting resources if you're kept alive. It's basically keeping like a zombie alive. So yes, it is tough to watch people lose their fortunes, lose their livelihoods, their economic livelihoods, their homes in many cases. However, the damage would be a lot less under a free market system because it would be contained in just those banks that are uh, insolvent or in trouble. Whereas now, the whole system itself is insolvent and in trouble. Sure, and, and doesn't the Federal Reserve in many ways kind of 
set up this so many people to fail in the first place by having all this money out there, all this easy credit out there. People aren't necessarily making the same sort of decisions on the marketplace that they might be making, you know, without that. Is is that is there any credence to that? Absolutely. The Federal Reserve creates this smoke and mirror situation that uh, we find ourselves in, both with the banks. It may not be the Federal Reserve in this case, but the FDIC, you're given this, uh, there's this little sign when you go into the bank that shows that you're insured up to 250000 Well, the FDIC can't bail everybody out. That's, that's there to give you a sense of comfort. And when you have that sense of comfort and you see that little sign, you're not going to go and look into what the bank is doing with your money. You're just going to hand your money over and who knows what they're doing with it. As long as you're given that, that fake guarantee, that's uh, enough for most people and they don't even think twice. Under a free market banking system, before you hand your money to a bank, you're going to check out its reputation. What do they do? Have they been around? Just like we do with uh, many of the other products that we buy and services. We pay much closer attention to who's handling our money when this uh, smoke and mirrors FDIC. And the FDIC is basically the Federal Reserve would, would bail everybody out, which God knows the inflation that would cause should something like that happen. But uh, as far as creating the bubbles, in your question you alluded to, yes, absolutely, they falsify interest rates. And those who are understand the Austrian business cycle theory understand how that distorts and creates malinvestments in the economy. You take out loans that you shouldn't be taking out. Businesses are started that should not be started. Houses are built that should not be built. Skyscrapers, it goes all the way down the line throughout the economy. And then when the Fed is ultimately forced to raise interest rates out of fear of inflation, they pop the bubble that they created. And now all havoc breaks loose and people you know, are foreclosed upon, they lose their jobs, and the downtrend begins. This would, in a free market economy, this, this would not occur. There would surely be business failures and business fluctuations, but it would not occur economy-wide to where just about everyone is affected. And unless you're on the, the smart side and you know how to invest properly, you're in for some uh, hard times. So is that basically what occurred with the 2008 crisis with TARP and all that? Was that just another popping of, of one of these giant bubbles? I guess it would be like the housing bubble in this case, because, you know, you hear so much. You hear from guys like Michael Moore. They make these movies about how capitalism is, is the reason all this stuff happens. You know, it's it's because of these evil corporations that are tricking people into loans and all this stuff. So, I mean, how much blame do you place, I guess, on these specific corporations that might be involved in these schemes or and how much you place upon the Federal Reserve? Or, or do you think those corporations are sort of just reacting to the environment created by the Federal Reserve? Sure. When the Federal Reserve lowers interest rates, it makes it appealing for everyone to go get loans. They're falsifying what the market really is. If interest rates should be higher, but the Federal Reserve creates money and, and pushes down rates by buying government bonds, they falsify reality, basically. So businesses you know, they have to react. Their competitor is taking out loans, expanding, hiring new people and taking advantage. So they'd be foolish to just sit aside and, and they can't tell the difference between what's artificial and what's genuine. People seemingly have more money and they're spending more money and coming into, let's say, your restaurant. So you, you think that a general boom is happening and there's no way for you to tell 
otherwise. So you get sucked in like everyone else. It's kind of like we're all we're all living in some dream world where we we can't even tell what the economy really is or should be because everything is just like you said earlier, smoke and mirrors. Exactly. It's it's really falsified and it's difficult for good businessmen and and bad businessmen even to survive and function in a whipsaw economy that you know we these financial crises are happening. We had the stock market bubble, then we had the the housing bubble, which was massive in itself, which sucked in a lot of your average people all over the country that into thinking that uh, their house was this great investment that just constantly goes up. That's that's fantasy land stuff. And finally, that bubble burst. But uh, we'll see how much more the American public can be duped. So. What do you see as the solution to kind of, I guess, the Federal Reserve, the problem of the Federal Reserve? I, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are pushing sort of the uh, alternative digital currencies like Bitcoin or Dogecoin. I think there's even like a Kanye West coin. You know, a lot of people think those currencies, if, if enough people can move to that, the Federal Reserve will just collapse under its own weight. Or, or do you think there's maybe a political solution? How do you see this stuff possibly being combated? Well, it's hard to see the future. However, there are a few things that are concrete that can be done. Number one, there are what are called legal tender laws, which means we are forced by law to use the government's money. Those should be abolished and people should be allowed to use whatever they want as money. Now, gold and silver throughout thousands of years have always won and have been chosen by market participants as money. However, there, that doesn't mean they have to be. There could be other commodities and, and uh, currencies. There, there's no way to know ahead of time. But whatever the market chooses and whatever circulates in the market, that should be the money. So legal tender laws should be abolished. And capital gains taxes on silver and gold should also be abolished. If used as money, you're not buying as investments like a stock that you should be paying capital gains tax. I don't even think you should be paying capital gains on stocks either. But those should be abolished as well. The Federal Reserve Act should be abolished. The Federal Reserve was created by Congress. The Federal Reserve can be closed by Congress. And that doesn't mean that government should find another way to control money. That means that in my opinion, government should be completely out of money, have nothing to do with it. The market chooses the money, the market participants use the money, and and that's that. You know, and a lot of people out there propose that the government impose like a gold standard or a silver standard or something like that. But uh, I mean, would you even be in favor of that? Or would you, I mean, it sounds like you're more in favor of just letting people decide on their own. You might think that in theory, gold and silver might be what rises up, but you wouldn't want the, the government to actually impose that standard as, as some others might suggest? I would not. I think government, number one, you can't trust them. You can't trust what they say, what they even write down. The Constitution has been scrapped. They, they break whatever laws they can get away with. Sometimes, uh, you know, the, the public will push back. However, they do not keep their word. And it's part of the nature of a bureaucrat not to keep your word. It's if you're hungry for power, you're constantly looking to expand it. So I see no reason to go back to something, a gold standard that the government has a say in and a control in no matter what promises they make. They should never be trusted to run any kind of monetary system, whether it's based in gold or not. 
Sure. And then if the government imposes a gold standard or something like that, and then, you know, we see all sorts of problems because of the way they are imposing it on people. And then you're just going to get the the same calls for why you need that central bank again or why you need the Federal Reserve again, because people are going to say, look, you you silly libertarians, this stuff never worked in the first place. We told you so. So, yeah, I, I think I'm in agreement with you there. Imposing our view of money or whatever anyone's view of money on others is just as wrong as imposing what we see as a bad view because either way if you're imposing a system upon somebody it's just not going to work because it's not what they want um you know and chris you mentioned a second ago that it, it's difficult to predict the future but i'm going to ask you to anyway <laughs> so if you had to th- look forward maybe in the rest of your lifetime the rest of my lifetime 20 30 40 years from now what do you see the fate of the U.S. Federal Reserve being? Do you think there is any hope it'll end in our lifetime? I mean, are you optimistic about people becoming, you know, I guess more aware of this? Obviously, your book is one method you're, you're trying to push that along. But do you have any kind of thoughts about how you see all of this stuff unfolding? That's a good question. The future does not look good. Uh, there's also a silver lining to it because the monetary system is not good. So for a bad monetary system to fail, that's, that's actually a good thing. The important part is what's what replaces it. And my book, the work that you do, the work that, that I do, is constantly trying to get the ideas out there for sound money. If enough people out there have a desire for freedom and sound money, then what replaces this horrible system could be something good. Do I see it in our lifetime? That's, that's impossible to say. It, it surely doesn't look that way. However, it's, it is always, not to sound cliche, darkest before the dawn, and things can change very, very quickly. So perhaps it will be in our lifetime. The Fed will be shut down one day. That's for sure. Whether or not we're still here to say it, I really don't even think it's the main goal here for us. It's to make sure that the dominant ideas that people hold in their minds when that time occurs are for sound money, non-government controlled money. And for the free market to once again set prices, set interest rates, and determine what is used as money. And my book hopefully helps push ideas in that direction. And maybe just maybe if enough people out there get their own copy of Set Money Free, maybe enough people will have the right ideas and maybe we will see a at least a more just financial system in the future, if nothing else. I do highly recommend checking out the book Set Money Free. It really is an easy read. It's really, you know, written towards the average person. It doesn't have all sorts of graphs and charts and, you know, banker lawyer jargon or anything like that. So it really is a very accessible read to people that are or are not familiar with this subject at all. So Chris, before we let you go, why don't you just give everybody a rundown of, you know, where can they find the book? What are all the, you know, avenues they can use to get it? The book is available on amazon.com and also on Amazon Kindle. And you could also find it on barnesandnoble.com. Great. Chris Rossini, and before, and one more question, but I just got to ask, you know, that you just pumped out this first book out of nowhere. Are you, have you had any thoughts about writing another book in the future? Or are, you, are you still exhausted from this one? I have another idea in the works. Um, I'm starting to put it together for the beginning of next year. Yes. All right. Well, it sounds like we'll have another excuse to bring you on again soon. So we look forward to it and we look forward to continue, uh, you know, reading your writing all over the place. So, and also let everybody know where they can find your current writing and keep a track of you on social media and all that stuff. I write at economicpolicyjournal.com, also ronpaulinstitute.org, 
and here on lionsofliberty.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at Chris Rossini. And I'm also on Google Plus. You can find me on there as well. Thank you, Mark. Thanks a lot, Chris Rossini, everybody. Be sure to check out Set Money Free. Back after a little break. Hey guys, Mark Clare here, lionsofliberty.com, where we strive to advance the ideas of liberty daily. We bring you the Morning Roar! That's right, every Monday to Friday we'll have a brand new edition of the Morning Roar, where we provide a roundup of some news stories that you may not find in the mainstream media, or even in your typical social media news feed. We find stories that relate to the ideas of liberty, and provide you with our liberty perspective on them. Every Monday, we have our longest-running feature, Mondays with Murray, named after the great libertarian Murray Rothbard, where we'll examine an article or an excerpt from his works and help convey his view, along with our little spin as well. We wrap it all up every Friday with Felony Friday, where our own John Odermatt goes out and takes a look at some sort of felony. There's felonies committed every day, you know, whether it's a felony committed by the police, a politician, or even an average citizen. You can find all of this and so much more over at lionsofliberty.com, advancing the ideas of liberty daily. Chris Rossini's new book, Set Money Free. What every American needs to know about the Federal Reserve. With a special forward by Ron Paul. It has easy to understand questions and answers. Buy Set Money Free on Amazon.com. Chris Rossini's Set Money Free. Set Money Free. Set Money Free. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed my little chat there with Chris Rossini, a great guy, a great contributor to our website, and now an author as well. You know, and think about Chris's story for just a minute, and you can get a you know a, the complete story through his own words if you go back to our archive lionsofliberty.com slash podcast head over to episode eight and check it out but you know chris is just a normal guy a guy that got interested in the ideas of liberty stumbled upon this website economic policy journal really enjoyed what robert wenzel was doing there really liked the direction of his writing and he just slowly started making himself known to him started helping him produce his show next thing you know he's making a contact with daniel mcadams and he's now writing at the ron paul institute as well and then he really hit the big time and got a contact with me becoming a contributor at lines of liberty as well so this just came from him just thinking about the ideas and thinking about ways he can put them out there. And now he's writing for all these great libertarian websites. You know, at the same time, he took that. He didn't stop there. You know, he knew there were a lot of issues that he really wanted to put out there in a different way. So he got to work and started pounding out this book, was able to meet Ron Paul, get the book to him, and even got Ron Paul, you know, one of his heroes, to write a forward for him. So, you know, and I think even Chris would admit that he's, you know, quote unquote, just an ordinary guy. And I don't, I don't mean to downplay Chris. He's a extremely intelligent, extremely smart, and uh, extremely principled ordinary guy. But, you know, the point is, 
anybody can do this in a way. Anybody that really puts their mind to wanting to spread an idea and advance an idea is able to do so, especially with the technology we have now, whether it's creating your own podcast, creating your own website. You don't even have to do that because so many other people have them. You can hop on board with other people. You can hop on board with Chris Rossini, maybe. You can hop on board with me. Hop on board with us at Lions of Liberty. Come join the conversation. Facebook.com slash Lions of Liberty. Hit us up on the Twitter at Lions of Liberty. If you want to email me with any thoughts, suggestions you might have about future shows, or just ideas you have in general, feel free to do so. My email is mark, M-A-R-C, at lionsofliberty.com. And one thing I really like about Chris's approach to the issue of monetary policy, the Federal Reserve, oftentimes we hear a lot of libertarians harping on the gold standard and, and the gold standard is being the, the way to go and so many people hear that and they automatically think well I don't own any gold and I don't want to be forced into a gold standard so screw you guys this stuff's crazy. Now I, I think there are a lot of logical reasons that people talk about the gold standard. There are reasons that gold and silver did rise as currencies over the years. Very logical reasons but you know if people are just going to advocate government forcing another standard upon them whatever that may be well then we're just ignoring principles altogether you know the real principle has to be that people should be free to associate with other people in any way they choose including what instruments they use for monetary transactions hey maybe the federal reserve as a private bank can operate on its own and and produce a money that everybody loves let them have the opportunity to do that i just don't want people to be forced into this federal reserve system where we're all forced to use us dollars And where the people that get access to those dollars first are the ones that really benefit from them by the time that all the new dollars, all the inflated currencies get around to us, to the little guy, to the ordinary folks. Well, it's been devalued so much that all we get from it is higher prices at the grocery store, which I'm sure we all notice year over year. I mean, if you think back four or five years ago, if you've been an adult and shopping for yourself that amount of time... You're definitely going to notice that your prices have gone up and up and up and up where your wages, maybe they have, maybe they haven't. For me, they kind of have a little bit just because I've really advanced in my own career in that time. But, you know, if I was just stagnating at the same position, there's no way my wages would be going up. They'd likely be going down, if anything, especially, you know, looking at the economy and then how many workers are out there and how many people are out there with student debt that can't even get a job to even make their debt payments. So there are many problems. They can all be traced, I wouldn't say solely to the Federal Reserve, There are many other reasons that we have many problems, including regulations, general coercion in general. But the fact is, we got to set ourselves free from all this stuff if we're really going to be a productive society. We got to set ourselves free from the regulations and we got to set money free. (laughs) Set money free. Set money free. I told you you guys are going to be singing this thing by the end of the show. Point is, when we have a principle and we stick to it, it really becomes easy to promote any idea, whether it's monetary freedom, whether it's the freedom to put whatever you want in your body. Because when we stick to principles, they do apply consistently across the board. And that's why I keep trying to emphasize that here on this show. I know I sound like a broken record, but well, you know, obviously I need to keep doing this because I, I go out in the world every day and I see people that aren't really agreeing with me. They don't really think principles are important. They don't really think we need to have a consistent philosophy. And I strongly disagree and I hope I'm at least attempting to make some of those arguments of why here on the show and here over at our website, lionsofliberty.com. So please continue to join us in the conversation and help advance these ideas. And until next week, the only other thing I'm going to ask of you is to live long and live free.
John Dawson.